I'm Luke Summerhays, and I love Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. I'm Jonathan Cromie, and I love Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. I'm Laura Kate Dale, and I love both Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. Why make them choose? They're both great. Oh, wonderful. As you may have guessed from the fact that you just heard two other voices, uh, this is not a normal episode of the podcast. Uh, instead, we're going to be taking a deep dive into the recent games Pokemon Let's Go, uh, which, as you can hear, we all love. Except they don't have the HM dive. <laughs> or any HMs, thank God. Indeed, death to HMs. We don't need them. They're, they're a relic of a bygone era. <laughs> I'd have said the same about gyms, but unfortunately they're back. It, it does mean that we now have Eevee using strength, which is quite entertaining. I, Apart from the fact you have to press A every time. I, I just, I've been really enjoying the fact that, that Pikachu or Eevee have a flying bicycle. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's a weird solution to fly. Like, I could almost have understood if they just attached the balloons to the Pokemon, but a flying bicycle... That got me. <laughs> what's What's amazing is that the trainer is willing to just sit there and let the Pokemon drive. Oh, yeah, I I trust my like level twelve Pikachu to to fly me through the sky. Why not? I w- I won't get on an airplane that's not piloted by a mouse. <laughs> I mean, I've spoken at length already about my history with Pokemon. Um, played the original Blue back when it came out on the Game Boy Color, and I've played to completion at least one from each generation since. So I'm about as deeply entrenched in the series as one can get. Mm-hmm. How about yourself, Laura? Um, I got my start in Gen 1 as well. Um, so honestly, my start with Gen 1 was my older brother had a, f- a dodgy friend who managed to get us an emulated copy of Pokemon Red on a floppy disk that just... Oh, wow. It, it broke if you tried to go past Viridian Forest, and I just played that PC-emulated Pokemon Red until I had like level hundreds in Viridian Forest because like that was the game for me. Um, but yeah, uh, I bought a Game Boy to to pick up Pokemon Yellow, and much the same as you, I've played at least like the story of every Pokemon generation since. That is dedication. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I was a, you I was not a the same job with a lot of a lot of time and a lot of interest in <laughs> making numbers go higher. Uh, I have a similar story. I got Pokemon... I had a Game Boy, but I had to wait for my birthday for Pokemon Blue. Mm. So I used to play through Super Mario Land over and over, imagining that Mario was Ash, and throwing the fireballs were throwing Pokeballs, (laughs) and all the monsters were Pokemon. And I edited the instruction manual so that it was a Pokedex. Oh, that's adorable. (laughs) 
does. I mean, it's got snake enemies. It's got birds. It's got poison spitting plants. Uh, and each level tended to have like a small one, a medium one, and a large one of like the same monster. Yeah. So it really worked. You, you could very conceivably make that work. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Super Mario Land came up with Kingdra before Pokemon did. <laughs> yep, pretty much. So. And you know he's got a, he's got a little hat. He could easily be a Pokemon trainer. <laughs> yeah. Now my 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 history with Pokemon was very much like I I grew up playing those games very obsessively um as as a young kid that was on the autism spectrum having an encyclopedic knowledge for like numbers and figures just when pokemon was getting cool was like i was briefly a cool kid <laughs> pokemon <laughs> was how i was very briefly cool that's more than i can say <laughs> i mean that's that's happened to me but like now <laughs> because <laughs> I live in Japan and work with young children, so they love the fact that I'm into Pokemon. <laughs> um, my history with Pokemon I don't think is anywhere near as interesting as other of yours. Um, I st started with Pokemon Blue because at that point it was cool in the schoolyard and all my friends had it. Um, I And I've pretty much played every main main series game since including playing Sapphire through something like three times and Ruby through once, because that was the, that was the point at which I decided I wanted to devote my um, entire life to racking up little monsters and racking up little numbers with them. And then yeah. Diamond Pearl came out and broke that. Um, and around that time, Pokemon XD also came out, which remains the Pokemon game I have a softest spot for. Um, since then, I think Sun and Moon has been my favourite, and now we have it. Let's go. Well, so much my intention to get a variety of viewpoints on this game. <laughs> Sorry, would it help if I said that I... Because I know I'm normally the pessimistic one when I'm talking to you, Luke. Would it help if I said that I actually hate Let's Go? And this has all just been a big facade <laughs> to not embarrass myself in front of one of my podcasting heroes. Would that, would that do it? <laughs> You actually hate Pokemon. You just came on here to like shout out your love for Digimon. Digimon, digital monsters, Digimon are the champions. Nah, see, Metabots it was the better was anime. Really at. Oh, be, be that nerded again. <laughs> so, uh, this game specifically. Um, when it was actually announced, I was living on a farm in the mountains and had no internet for two weeks. So I came back having missed the whole for all. But uh, what were your first impressions when you saw the initial trailer and everything? Can, can I just say that sounds like the origin story of a Pokemon trailer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm basically yellow. Um, so yeah, my, my initial reaction to it was actually pretty positive. Um, I know that Gen 1's been done gosh knows how many times at this point, but like getting to see Gen 1 stuff in HD was nice. I was a little cautious of like, okay, what's what's this Pokemon Go style catch mechanic going to do to the flow of the game? Are we still going to have that core game stuff in there? But ultimately, I was just happy for a for a nice like easygoing Gen One remake, and I guess in that regard, I wasn't disappointed. I mostly felt the same, but um, I might not have felt quite so good if they hadn't literally at the same time it was announced announced that a bigger, more in-depth Gen 8 game was coming next year. 
Yeah, see, at the time, totally agree with you. I was really pleased that they announced it alongside Gen 8. Honestly, right now, I'm... Now that it's been in my hands for a, for a few weeks or months, or however long it's been, I feel much better about it in its own right than I did when it was yeah, when, I, it, when it was announced. I am on board with most of the changes they've made, but the general sort of direction of simplification would have felt bad yeah. if they hadn't gone out of their way to say, no, don't worry, that's not yeah. everything we're doing. Well, the thing is, a lot of the stuff they've changed in this... I wouldn't be opposed to being carried over to the main games. Not all of it, no, but same. a lot of those changes are really nice. Yeah, I'd probably agree for the most part. Especially, like you say, now that I've actually had it in my hands. Yeah. Uh, uh, here's the bit where I get to be more pessimistic about stuff. I love. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was about to say the same. <laughs> I love these bits. Um... I, I, I don't really. I feel guilty for not spreading more love on, on the internet where God knows there's enough bile. I didn't play Pokemon Go at all because I didn't like the look of the catching mechanics and it sort of missed out on the whole trainer battles thing and the whole walkie roundy thing, so all the bits I like of Pokemon. And so when this came out, it was Kanto again, which I've already played in red and blue and then fire red and leaf green. And not to mention gold and silver and heart gold and soul silver. Oh, true. Um, and then obviously some people, uh, not me, replayed it on the virtual console when it came out there. Mm. Uh, I just I rolled my eyes a bit. I sort of went, okay, it's good. They're bringing out another Pokemon game, and I'll see how this one turns out. So I think it's fair to say I've been sort of pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I I was definitely yeah, on the other end of the Pokemon Go spectrum. I have been a daily active player of that since it came out. Um, I have a nice, I have a little bit of history with that game. I had just had some pretty major surgery when it came out, and I needed something to get me up and out the house and moving again. And I, I may not have tried a mobile Pokemon game otherwise, but I was like, oh, I need an excuse to make myself walk for a while, and that really worked out. And I think like that's that's one thing about the the reveal that really got me was. Ooh, finally my stuff from Pokemon Go will actually be able to fight and do RPG mechanics. It'll be worthwhile that I built this collection. But you can do that in actual Pokemon Go nowadays, can't you? Uh, you, uh you slowly can. they're rolling it's it out. It's <laughs> still not as good as the, the main RPGs. Like, they're just introducing trainer battles now. Trading has these weird limitations where you have to be friends with someone for three months before you can trade with them properly, and... Well, yeah, duh, otherwise no... you don't know whether they'll take good care of your precious Pokemon. <laughs> oh, is this the whole bye-bye Butterfree thing again? I was going to say, I'm, I'm sort of at a weird place between the two of you on Pokemon Go, because when it first came out, I was excited by the idea, but I was on a pay-as-you-go phone living in the UK, yeah. and sort of didn't really get to play it. Then I moved to Japan and couldn't play it here until eventually I got a Japanese phone. And like just since Pokemon Let's Go has come out, I played a ridiculous amount of Pokemon Go. I watched, I walked 20k in one day just to gather up Pokemon. <laughs> Do you have a Melmetal yet? No, I don't actually. I, I, but, um, I still don't. I think I'm maybe a week off of getting my Melmetal. I haven't really looked into it, but I will at some point. It is big in the... Um, there is now a Pokemon Let's Go competitive simulation battling scene in which Melmetal is big. That is all. Yes. Of course there is. I, it does not surprise me. He better well be good in the competitive scene, considering how much work he takes to get. And his design. 
Personal opinion. Yeah. I like the design. He looks like the T-1000. <laughs> if the T-1000 was played by Schwarzenegger. So yeah, that's uh, that's the build-up. So how did you feel like when you first started playing it? Like the graphics and sound and the, just the feel of it generally? I was I was really pleased with the, the presentation on it, honestly. Like, I know it's a little bit simp- simplified and you'll occasionally get little frame rate hiccups uh, here and there in handheld if there's too many Pokemon on screen, but I think this is a, like a, they've made a sensible direction art-wise, because if this is representative of what we're going to be looking at, like with Gen 8 of Pokemon whenever it comes visually, this looks very nice, but it's not so hyper-detailed that it's going to take the Pokemon company for literally ever to make all of the the 3D models. Like it's I'm happy not with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I am happy with this middle ground where I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's that's what a Pokemon looks like. It's in shiny. It looks nice on my telly. Sure. Yeah, I like how the Pokemon look, and especially seeing them like walking around in the world. Mm. I think the visuals look a little worse than they could, simply because it's using the map from a Game Boy game. Yeah. So everything's very square and made out of blocks and stuff. So once they have a you know, built from the ground up yeah, Pokemon that, game next year. That is a very good point. Um, oh, the, 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 the walk cycles for Pokemon following you are adorable. I've got a Lickitung following me right now. And Lickitung just Venusaur sort of is very it. frustrating because I recently put out a podcast where I emphatically said that he's not a frog. And then they went and did this. <laughs> he's he's De- a frog, though. Definitely he's a frog. frog though. He's definitely a frog now, yeah. yeah. he's a grass frog. <laughs> I've not got a licky tongue yet, Laura. What's it look like? Licky tongue looks adorable when it waddles behind you. It just sort of like shifts its weight like clumsily from foot to foot, and it's adorable. Uh-huh. I love Pokemon that can't quite keep up with you. Yeah, <laughs> they're my favourite. Actually, yeah, the Luke loves Pokemon episode about Venonat. I think was a week before the release of the game or something. And mm. after, and I didn't have much to say about Venonat because yeah, it's a it's a blob. And then I got the game, and the way it bounces after you, like it's the happiest little purple blob in the world. It sort of instantly became one of my favourite Pokemon, despite me never having cared about it beforehand. And I thought, ah, one week late. I've only actually played it on handheld so far, because I don't have a TV, but I've seen it running in shops and stuff, and it does look very pretty on a TV. I, I honestly think you're playing it the best way, because... It looks nice on the telly, but those catching mechanics are—they leave something to be desired on the telly. Yeah, I've—I've pop, propped it up in tabletop mode a couple of times and tried using the Joy Cons or the Pokeball, but I would much rather keep it in handheld. I, I just want them on like TV mode. Just let me use the gyro to point where I'd like to aim and press the A button to throw it. Just let me do that the way you can do in handheld mode, please. I'm not even so keen on the gyro. Like when you're I... trying to play it on the train, <laughs> I've had no troubles on the on like public transport. It's not like for me, it hasn't like vibrated around too much to throw off my throws. But like, I've I've said this in a couple of places about this game. A lot of people who really love Pokemon games and have played them in the past can't play this one because if you have a Motor control condition, if you've got something like uh, Parkinson's, for example, uh, a lot of people with disabilities. This game is unplayable for a lot of people, because in in docked mode, you can only do motion. And in handheld, you can't turn off the gyro if you just want to use the left stick. 
it seems weird that they don't give people the option to be like, okay, we've got stick, we've got gyro, we've got motion, pick which one you want to use. Yeah, that was a complaint people made about Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, because they had the little wormhole minigames, but now they've done it to the actual like main mechanic of the game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely a problem. Uh, hopefully it's something they'll take on board and maybe update with some DLC and look at with the next game. It's Nintendo sort of, we're going to tell you how we want you to, even though it's Game Freak, but we're yeah, going to tell you Nintendo, how we though. think you should play, uh, play it and you will play it our way. And sometimes it works really There's also well for a... them and sometimes it's the most annoying thing in the world. It's, it's Nintendo's whole thing of um, innovation over accessibility and it has some real downsides and like... It, this yeah. is one of the few complaints I'll make about this game is the lack of ability to choose how you want to play it. It's definitely an issue, and it's a weird one because sometimes Nintendo can be the most, like, they can be take the they can care a lot about accessibility in some ways, but like this specific sort of avenue, any time that it's that like you're thinking about people with disabilities at all, they just don't seem to care. Yeah. This this is. Far from the first time this has come up with a Nintendo game. Uh, and I'm sure it won't be the last. So, as I understand it, there is a bit of a cultural difference in Japan about the visibility of disabled people, which might be a factor. I was, I was, I was umming and ahhing about whether to mention yeah. that. Uh, I, I yeah, you very rarely see wheelchair noting. access here at all. And I can't help but feel like that might be a factor in Nintendo being good for oh, accessibility yeah. for kids but not for disabled people perhaps there, there, there are a few ways where Japan is about 30 years behind the rest mm. of the world on social issues and then some of it I think we're probably going to get onto this later but on some of the the ways in which some of the games were behind they've actually sort of made up some ground in Sun and Moon and then you come back to um, Red and Blue blown up on the big screen or the small screen between the Joy-Cons, and it becomes a bit more obvious that, oh, yes, that's changed for the better as the series has gone on. Yes, definitely. Well, we, we've sort of been talking about it anyway, but should we talk a little about the catching mechanic itself? Yeah, so... Yes. <laughs> yeah, so you, you don't fight Pokemon anymore. You just throw a ball straight at them like you would in, say, the Safari Zone in original Gen 1. Yes. I was initially not a fan. Um, there's a couple of instances particularly where it annoyed me, mainly going to try and catch the, the legendary birds, where I'm throwing just like 30, 40 Ultra Balls at this thing and it won't go down. I'm like, let me paralyze it, please. Just let me paralyze it and get its health down and then it will stay in. Um, but I generally, mean, I've... You say that, but I've recently tried to catch the likes of Suicune on the Game Boy Color games. Yeah. And it was exactly the same but back then, if not more frustrating. Thing, it it was just as difficult. I don't think it's any more difficult with the just catching mechanic, but you, I felt like I had less control over the encounter. And when a Pokemon just wouldn't stay in the ball, I f just kept thinking, but what if I was allowed to do this? Um, yeah, I think there's a bit less... There's, there were some smoke and mirrors around the sort of random number generator nature of it in the earlier games. Yeah. And that's missing here. It's very in your face with just, you're going to throw the ball and we're going to decide whether it catches it or not. Yeah. Now, complaining done. In the post game, I'm actually kind of a fan of this. 
I don't know whether I like. I don't. I'm not saying I want this for Gen A as like the only catching method, but please no. Uh, but like, here's 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 what I'll say. In the post game, a lot of what I've been doing is shiny hunting with it, the whole um, combo chain mechanic where you catch the same Pokemon X number of times in a row, and it really drastically increases your shiny spawn rate. For something like that, I'm really glad for this ability to just throw the ball and keep moving. Because if hmm. for like 180, let's say I, I'm catching like 180, 200 Growliths trying to find a shiny Growlithe, I don't necessarily want to have to fight each one of them. And while some of those big encounters I definitely missed fighting, in the post game I've really not missed it. I've been more than happy to just throw balls at things. John, do you want to go next? Because I've got a feeling we're going to have polar opposite opinions on this. Maybe. Um, I will say that I've not reached the post-game, and I'm quite unlikely to do the whole shiny chain thing that Laura's, Laura's got, so I cannot approach it from that point of view. Um, I did keep a... Well, I like to think I kept an open mind. Nobody keeps a truly open mind um, going into the game, because I think, like you mentioned... I'd found the catching mechanic often random and frustrating in normal Pokemon games, um, especially when it comes to legendary birds, legendary dogs, and stuff. Um, you know, you can you can paralyze them, you can use your Parasect to put them to sleep, and full swipe them down to one HP, and they still won't stay in the flipping ball. Um, so I was quite happy to give it go and. Uh, I think it's sort of gone the other way for me at the start. I was like, okay, this is something new. It's fun. It won't happen again for Generation X. I'm just going to enjoy it as it goes on. And as as the game progresses and the monsters move around more and I've just... I, I don't like it. I, I, I think, uh, like, I think it, like you said... You, there's a lack of control. There's a complete separation from the battle mechanic that doesn't work so well for me. Like, like pre- previously, the wild Pokemon, Pokemon and the cat and the trainers Pokemon, you uh, you fought them in the same way, and that felt sensible because that's Pokemon battling. Um, and the the random number generator does seem to be worse, and more yeah. monsters can flee from you. Which is, I think, one yeah. of my big bugbears. Having said yeah. that, I really like the fact that you can see them in the overworld. Um, mm. That is a big plus, and if that doesn't come back for Gen 8, I'll uh, be slightly disappointed. I, 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 was, I was a bit concerned about the seeing them on the overworld before I played it, and it, I, my concern was, would it be too easy to complete the Pokedex? And no, because they just make some of the spawns incredibly low percentage spawns. So, like... I, I love being able to see them out on the overworld. I love being able to go through Mount Moon and just avoid all the Zubats. And yes! I, and I love that shinies show up as shiny on the overworld, which is really nice for, like, if you just accidentally... Ru- like, first shiny I found completely by accident was a Zubat in Mount, in Mount Moon. And I was like, oh, I don't feel bad now that I basically avoided all the encounters because I saw the one that mattered. <laughs> Uh, the first shiny I ever saw was a shiny Abra that teleported away from me before I could oh, get to it. No. Oh, oh, no. Boo. I, I haven't actually seen a shiny in this game yet. 
They're in there. Yes. But uh, they're still around. think you have it better than me. <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, better to have loved and lost. Do you want if, to talk if, about? If you'd, li- if, you'd, if you'd like a shiny, I can I can probably throw you one. <laughs> I've got I've got some in go if I was really desperate, but I'm okay. Don't worry. Thank you very much. Though. <laughs> oh. Do you want to talk about what you think about the Pokemon catching system, Luke? Yeah, I really really like it, and I do want it to remain the way you catch Pokemon in Generation Eight. Ooh, uh, shots fired. So. I like that it uh, separates out the gameplay. Like you were saying that you like that the battling mechanic was the same for Wild Pokemon and for trainers. Yep. Um, but I like that this breaks up the monotony a little bit. There are sections where you just catch Pokemon, then there's sections where you fight a bunch of trainers. Uh, I think it, it really helped the pacing of the game. I... Like when you're in big long caves and tunnels and things, I... not having to run, you can just literally walk around the Pokemon was lovely. I... Sorry, Laura, go ahead. Oh, no, it's all right. I've got a suggestion of how I'd like to maybe see them do it in Gen 8 that might be a best of both worlds scenario. Let's Hit me with let's it. say Gen 8, yeah, encounter a, a Pokemon on the overworld, and much like Let's Go, it, it, it brings up the catching screen. However, on the right-hand side of the menu, there's a thing that says battle, and if so, you can choose to battle it, weaken it down before you try and catch it. That way, the people who just want to throw the balls and that's the way they like doing it can do it. And the people who are like, I am frustrated that there is no element of control here, have that option. Yeah, that makes sense. That's... Although, my second reason for preferring this system, uh, I think it makes more sense in terms of like what you're supposed to be doing, that when you're befriending these monsters, you're not beating them up first. Yeah, That's... but I think it makes more sense that they're beating you up for wading into their habitat and intruding on their lives and trying to shove them inside a tiny ball. Indeed. It all depends how much sort of um, awareness and sentience you give the Pokemon. If they are just animals, then yeah, it makes sense they attack you. But if you're thinking of them as a bit smarter and that they want to be your partner and that they're real friends and they're magical beings and blah, blah, blah... I don't know why I had to go and like beat this thing to within an inch of its life, and then immediately after because it's like, even, now you're my best because friend. Because even if it's a sentient creature, it doesn't want to be imprisoned in a tiny ball. Imprisonment is still well, a scary according concept. To, according to the books from the library in Diamond and Pearl, Pokemon made an ancient pact with humanity <laughs> that they do indeed want to be put in balls. <laughs> Therefore, it's fine. Stop worrying. Hashtag flimsy <laughs> justification. Hashtag, why won't the Pokemon just jump straight into my ball, please? <laughs> there I, I am interested to see what they do in Generation 8 now. Because mm. if they go completely back to the old catching mechanics, I feel like that would be a disappointment. If they just stick with this, I think there's a lot of people for whom that would be a disappointment. Mm. So it's going to be a balancing act there. Oh, they've split the player base. <laughs> I, I, do, I do like Laura's idea. Um um, and then they could always work in and Luke's idea and sort of have some of the Pokemon, you know, if you're trying to catch an Alakazam who just wants to be your friend, then it can go Asgore on the battle button. Um, I'm just thinking, they almost went that middle ground in Let's Go with some of those encounter battles, uh, like Snorlax, for example, where you fight them and then you catch them. And they had it be two very separate things, but like... There's no reason you couldn't do, for most Pokemon out in the field, you just throw your balls. If it's a big encounter that's like, this is a moment in the game, maybe let them fight and paralyze and do all those things. Yeah, like you said earlier, they already have Pokemon which are a bit more rare or a bit more impressive. 
that you can bump into. Mm. So if they just made those Pokemon also require a bit more finesse to catch, I think that would work. While we're talking about Pokemon that you can um, fight, I just want to say that even though it's really slow, being clinging onto Snorlax as you move around <laughs> is the greatest thing. Uh-oh. Oh no! I, I've I've been loving my my, my shiny Charizard is just like the only way I want to go around this game anymore. That's fair. They're so fast as well. Yeah, I, I what I didn't realize for a while is that the ground level spawns still happen when you're flying around, so you can still fly around up up in the sky and be like, oh, "Is there anything down there I want?" Uh, okay, the redesign to Blaine's gym is very cool. Yes. I like that they turn it into like an unapologetic game show. That was the one that felt mo- felt most like a trial from Alola. Yeah, it it definitely it was the one that like I went into the gym and went, "You've actually put some thought into modernizing the same core idea." But then immediately after you have Giovanni's gym where it's like, "Oh, this feels like it was made in the 90s still." Yeah. I quite like Sabrina's gym, just from an aesthetic point of view. It's still the same annoying piece of uh, that it was, but it's really pretty. Yeah, uh, Sabrina's gym looked amazing. I can't argue with yeah. that. I, I just got annoyed that I couldn't do the go round clockwise between the points to get to her thing anymore. I was like, I don't know how to, how to get to the top anymore. I was just wandering around hoping for the best I, for the entirety com- of that complete gym. Complete luck. Process of elimination for me. <laughs> I was trying to do that, and I just kept forgetting what I'd been doing. Yep, same. Actually, I did that when I was trying to get back to her, after having fought all the trainers, gone back to the Pokemon Center, and then was trying to get back to Sabrina. I was like, I cannot remember what I did the last time. So overall, though, it is pretty much just the same sequence of events from Red, Blue, and Yellow. It's it's basically those events. You've not got your antagonistic rival anymore you have your friendly rival i have passionate feelings about this <laughs> i miss having a rival that i could really really hate and the only chance i got to hate this rival was right at the end for like two minutes i Ooh. i was annoyed that i didn't get more chance to hate this right ri- to, to to feel a burning desire to to destroy this rival yeah it's... i felt a certain dislike for the way he kept hitting on me <laughs> It's like the um, it's like the prosecutors in the Ace Attorney games. I know a lot of people sort of really liked what his name, um, Clavier Gavin, and I just found him dull because there was no desire to sort of beat him and rub his face in the dirt. Yeah, like the the only time I found this this I can't even remember what like if he has a default name or anything. The only time I, I called him How Too. The, the only time I found him interesting was right before you go to the Elite Four. He will go, hey, you've been ahead of me this whole time. That's unfair. Can I go first just this once? And then he goes and becomes the League Champion. And I'm like, hmm, I am I am irritated at you. You're only here because I let you go first. Now I want to beat you. <laughs> like, that was the only time I cared about them. I was more like- interested in the... the, the Blue was an NPC who I couldn't really interact with. Yeah, Blue was more interesting than Trace yeah. in this one, I think. Uh, to go back to John's point about uh, like Phoenix Wright villains, I think the same thing applies there, that there is room for both, but at the moment we've just had like a run of friendly rivals in a row, and I too miss having one that I genuinely hate. 
I mean, to be fair, Sun and Moon gave you Gladion, who was essentially, for a large part of the game, felt like that hateful rival, but then it also gave you Hal, who, I know you don't mind Luke, uh, but I just found him utterly intolerable. I didn't mind him because at least there was the context of it felt like this was an existing friendship, rather than just, I have no personality besides I am the, the other person. Yay! Although, there is one thing I did like about Chase, which was the um, the Cubone storyline. Yeah. Yeah, that was nice. Like, Cubone is my favourite of the original 150 Pokemon. So seeing his story expanded a little it, bit and that he actually gets to befriend someone and have a happy life after his mum yeah. dies was pretty nice. It, it was nice to see the, the sort of... That was one of the places where the cutscenes like really added something to that bit. Like a nice emotional moment. Yeah, I liked it. I was just saying, none of the cutscenes felt like they overstayed their welcome. Even when they did show up, they were pretty short. Yeah, and there were a couple of just... nice... Sorry, yep. Yeah. There, there were a couple of nice moments. I'm not really sure if it counts as a cutscene, but um, Lorelai appearing just outside the uh, rock tunnel. I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. That's it. Like, they, they didn't reinvent the wheel. Like this Gen 1, it works. It's fine. It's competent. Like They didn't throw it all out. They just added some kind of nice touches to it. And I'm like really okay with that. Like I I think we mentioned it up the top of the the top of the show. I'm super okay with us once again not having HMs. I'm super okay with that. Death to HMs. Yeah, I I, I was very okay with this game and it it said it it said what it was. It was a remake of Vaguely Yellow. Yeah. So I didn't expect it to change change any of that too much. But I do definitely feel that with the next game, we can't go back to standard gyms now. Hmm, that's... yeah. If I try and picture what the Pokemon franchise looks like now, if I had to guess, I would put my money on alternating years, old gen Let's Let's Go remakes and new gens. Like, maybe not alternating years, it might be a little more spread out, but I think we probably get let's go Gen 2 after Gen 8, and then we go to Gen 9. Well, I think we'll probably get let's go Gen 2 in 2020, and then, like, Gen 8's yellow version in 2021. Uh, yeah, I suppose. it's that. That's the thing. It's like, if, if they're, ha- they're going to make let's go its own sort of alternating series, they don't need to go back when making Gen 8, but the question is, will they do so anyway? I hope that if they do do that, it means they can do some really, like, some add some difficulty to Gen A and go a bit more hardcore and in-depth and obscure, because they know that the sort of the younger fans and the more casual players have got this one to fall back to. Do we, but I, can't, I don't know if that is what they'll do. Do we want to talk about the um, difficulty of Let's Go? Because I seem to be the only person on the internet who didn't find it really facile. I I don't know, I found it... I found it pretty easy, but I played it in a pretty weird roundabout order. I, I've found it fine. It's a Gen 1 remake. Like, the level balance seems totally fine to me that I'm hitting... Like, I'm getting to gyms when I'm slightly below the level of the leader, and if I've got tight matchup, I can probably beat them. It felt fine. 
Yeah. I mean, also, even though I just said about the difficulty, like, I don't really go into a Pokemon game expecting it to be difficult. Yeah. It's nice to have a bit of challenge here and there, but, like, the ones that I remember as difficult are only difficult because I was 10 years old and yeah. stupid. Like, uh, there, were, there, were a couple of, there were a couple of fights here and there in Let's Go that, like, I struggled with out of nowhere. The, the Jesse and James Team Rocket fights kept getting me. Don't know why I found them so, uh, so rough. Blue but, and Silco oh, was surprisingly hard. Yeah, it's there were a couple. There were a couple of tough fights. Like honestly, most of the challenge I've found in the game has been the post game and going after the uh, the master trainers. Trying, trying to yeah, take I haven't down done that these yet, trainers but I'm quite with interesting too. move sets for their Pokemon and be like, ah, I have to use a Chansey to beat a Chansey, and theirs has soft boiled egg, and I never learnt that. Oops, uh, what do I do? Because it can heal itself. Like, it's challenged... That's felt challenging. Yeah, I do want to give those a go, actually. I mean, it'll take a little while, and Smash Brothers has come out and stolen all of my time. Yeah. But... It's... I, I like... This is like the, the Mario game approach to make it easy to complete the story and then throw some really difficult stuff in afterwards. Yeah, it's something I'll probably never go to, but I'm glad it's there for the people who like doing it. I don't. I don't know if I'll ever get around to doing all 150 Pokemon or anything, but I'll do I, it for I, I, my, my favourites. I am a ludicrous person. I am intending to do all 150 of them with their shiny variants. So I'm going to beat beat the Master Trainer with a shiny of their Pokemon because apparently I just hate having free time. I've committed myself to doing every character in Classic Mode on Smash Brothers, but the grinding Pokemon up to level is what puts me off with this. Well, see, it hasn't bothered me, because while I'm hunting for shinies, catching is getting me experience and levelling my team up. That is a good thing about the system. Yep. The only problem I have with that system is that I obsessively like my entire team to be the same level. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to stop someone just sneaking up. Which is what I used to do, and then I sort of... Got annoyed that all of my team were sort of all at level forty-two, then all at level forty-three. So I kind of like this system because uh, I had two Alolan Pokemon on my yeah. team. They were just gaining levels a bit quicker than everyone else. Yeah. the The other concern I have with this method of doing it is that um, you, the only real method you have of strengthening up your team between gyms is catching, and mm. catching costs balls. And you can conceivably reach a situation where you don't have enough balls left, and you don't have enough money to buy more, and you can't level up your team properly to get them to the gym. Oh, interestingly, I only caught sort of one of each Pokemon I saw on the route, and I beat every trainer I yeah. could see, and I was over-leveled for pretty much the whole game. I, I was, I was, you know, largely, largely all right, but there were. I've seen people who have been like. Ooh, I don't, I don't like that. I have to use a consumable resource that I might run out of to level up, and I understand that as a criticism. Are there not dudes in some of the caves who will give you Pokeballs for free? There are. You can't always get back to them. Like if you've gone through Mount Moon and reached Cerulean, you can't go back from there initially. So you couldn't go back to Mount Moon's. I'll give you ten Pokeballs, dude. Fair. Maybe also because I settled on a team quite early, 
But if you were changing up Pokemon and having to get them back up to level, yeah, that's you might come across that issue more. I don't think it's going to be a common problem by any means, but it's a thing that's just like that's something that I can understand people's caution about. I don't like consumable items being tied to my ability to level. Yeah, but then most Pokemon games, I get to the end and I have a fortune in Poke dollars and. Loads of items that I refuse to use, so I think it's more of a theoretical issue than one that's going to come up very you, often. You might be right, but it's it's a thing that I've kept in mind. Yeah, yeah, it's worth bearing. One quick point. Luke, you said you sort of stuck with the same team the whole game. I thought that one of the rather nice things that sort of Pokemon Let's Go almost encouraged me to do was um, catching a lot of Pokemon due to the whole levelly up system and... Yes, catching is directly beneficial to the team you've got in play system. Um, so I caught a lot of other Pokemon that I otherwise wouldn't have bothered with and sort of gave them a go. And some of them alike, and some of them they got shoved back in the box or minced into candy. Um, which meant that my team was always a few levels lower than they should have been, but I thought it made it more interesting and more varied for me. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. Like... The Master Trainer stuff in particular for me has really like got me trying to play with Pokemon that I don't normally bother with. And learning, like, okay, what makes a good coughing, for example, like that I never normally care about. I, do, you have any the... new... do you have any new favourites? Uh, Lickitung has really grown on me. Lickitung, I find really, like, I always liked the design. I didn't realise how fun they could be to play. Um... I think that's the big one. I've I've really grown on Lickitung because of doing the Master Trainer stuff. <laughs> I mean, part of the issue for me here, I've always been someone who gets very attached to their Pokemon. Mm. Like, to me, they are their real, like, friends and pets. Which is why I've never been able to do competitive Pokemon, because I can't treat them like numbers. And it also means that once I find one I really like, it just it stays in my party then. But the first Pokemon I caught was an Oddish, and I finished the game with that vile plume. No, straight back into the box for me. I won't turn them into candy, Although, and that's saying the, only, that, the only thing I'll allow them. Saying that, Pikachu did uh, did get bumped from my team pretty early on. Yeah, but he's still with you, or she's still with you, on your head. Yeah, she was sat on my shoulder as like a co-trainer, I guess. So one weird thing actually you brought up Lickitung, mm. who is one of the Pokemon who's got a had an evolution since the original games. Yeah. It's weird that they allowed you to have mega evolutions, but wouldn't just include new evolutions. Yeah, that that does feel odd. Um part of me wonders, had Gen 3 come to Pokemon Go like a couple of months earlier, whether we might have got that. I, I wonder if maybe part of it was we don't know when Gen 3 is going to come to to go, don't want to step on the toes of that, perhaps? Yeah, I, I mean, I know they're just leaning into, like, A, nostalgia for the original Pokemon, and B, presumably this was a game where they could use... Right, we've made 150 of the assets, we've still got 700 to yeah. go, but we want to get a game out to sell the Switch, but... Well, I, I've... I'm, it just it just felt a little arbitrary. It did feel a bit arbitrary, but like I wasn't bothered by it. I've just really been like 150 Pokemon is a really manageable number, so I've just been like very okay with. Here is a number that I can conceivably own all of if I want to. 
Yeah, that's very fair. Again, it's not something that bothered me as I was playing the game. Yeah. It's just something that sort of I started thinking about after the fact. Yeah, I do. I, I do like the um, simplicity. I like the I like the reduced moves. I like the fact that you can't hold items. I don't. I, I think there are a couple of problems with there being 150 Pokemon and now a couple of extra types, meaning you don't get as many sort of ghost types as you could do, could do because that's just the way that Gen One was. So um, but that's part of course. I I will complain about one thing that you didn't have a problem with there. I will complain about lack of held items. Not for most of its utility, but because Everstones. I'm trying to... Because here's the thing. The Master Trainer system for for Let's Go specifically wants people in the in the post-game to be like, oh yeah, no, you need to take on a level 75 Rattata with a Rattata of your own. I don't want to have to remember every single time that my Rattata levels up, press B to make sure it doesn't evolve. I want to give it an ev because the game is encouraging me to have a level seventy five Rattata. Just let me give it an Everstone so it won't evolve until then. <laughs> I have seen speculation elsewhere that the uh, the Pokemon Company kind of wants to get rid of held items. Well, get rid this of is their way get of rid of held items in general idea. if you want, but just like Everstones, please. Can they get? They can make it work like the old um, the old experience share where you just turn on the Everstone. Yeah. Can they get rid of Mega Revolutions? Well, they, I know they're never going to. They love Mega Revolutions. They brought them back here. Can they get rid of them, please? There are some really good Pokemon that have been <laughs> deprived evolutions because they've got some really naff Megas with a dodgy haircuts. I I think the solution isn't isn't get rid of the Megas. I think just like give the ones I like Mega Revolutions, please. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I, Absol is my favourite Pokemon to the point at which my um, avatar on most online forum, forums is an Absol. Um, I would rather it got an evolution than a Mega. Oh, I'd ra I, I would rather it got an evolution, but I'm not going to get upset if it gets a Mega. I mean, my favourite Pokemon is Sableye, and it's Mega Evolution, and it's just its gem got bigger. Um, Bit now. Charizard Char 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 gets cool blue flames out its mouth, so... I feel like I won there. Our arguments are invalid. Yeah. How, how can you argue with a dragon with cool blue flames coming out of its mouth? Well, isn't it? I went on at length about why I don't think Charizard should be a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like we've covered most of our bases there. Uh, one thing I do want to bring up, and admittedly, to my shame, I didn't really notice it myself until I heard it brought up elsewhere. Mm -hmm. But considering you have the a lot of character customization for yourself. Yeah. Every single person you meet in the game has got the exact same skin. Hmm. And I I understand that the defense is probably it's a remake of an old game. We don't want to change it. This is not set in whichever other region. It does it's a it's a bit icky though, isn't it? Well, the old game everyone was just a little green sprite anyway, yeah. so it's I suspect the real reason is that game Game Freak, you know, they live in Tokyo and they set this in Tokyo and Japan does have a very, like, you very rarely see anyone who's not Japanese. But this is a fantasy magical world and they knew they were making it for a global audience. Yeah. So even if it is, if it's not it's, like, it, it's well-meaning ignorance, but it's still it, ignorance. It's a case of, well, this isn't the entry that we're setting in Alola, so why would we make anyone look like they're from, from that part of the world? Because it's not set in Alola, though. 
I think yep. I think both of the reasons you've given are probably the reasons they've gone with it, and it still doesn't make it any less iffy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, go back to the same thing with the disability issue. I think it's just a Japanese viewpoint thing. It's do we have to? It's not a thing that was thought of, rather than something necessarily malicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Is this the point where we make a tongue-in-cheek reference to the SJWs? Oh, no, it doesn't even have to be uh, uh, tongue-in-cheek. Hello, you welcomed the SJWs onto the show this week. Hello. (laughs) Although, actually, um, so I'm on a lot of the Pokemon Facebook groups because I prefer seeing Pokemon memes to post from my nan. (laughs) And so, you know, in Celadon City, there's the fellow who hangs around outside the gym, Mm. and he used to say, ooh, I like this gym, it's full of women. Yeah. And he now says, I like this gym, it's full of strong trainers. And uh, someone had taken a screenshot of side by side that comparison and put, "Oh, what has the world come to?" Oh, n- and oh my God, the replies! Oh no, the world has one less video game character that's a man who's a pervert. How will our games survive? Our games are dead now. I, I, I was going to enjoy the game, but without without that man NPC, I can't enjoy it now. I'm pretty sure. I did see at least one person called Game Freak Cucks for this. Oh, to be gosh. fair, no matter what any com- any company can do anything and get called a cuck. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And to be fair, like the way I interpreted it was still he was thinking exactly the same thing. Oh yeah. Oh I I they they put that in there in a way that if a young kid sees it they're not going to they're yeah, not going to have that toxic idea put into the, the head, but old fans will see it and have a little chuckle because they know what it's referencing. The subtext is that old man wants those women to step on his face, and that's like, you know, you do you, old man. Yeah. I, I think they they that was the perfect way to handle that. Funnily enough, the internet disagreed. Who would have thought? Oh, yes. oh, I really cared about that NPC, and you took them away. Yeah. He was my favourite. You ruined what, my childhood. What does that say about you if your favourite NPC is that bad? Yeah, speaking of perfectly handling it, Jinx is still just as bad but coloured in purple. Yeah, Jinx also, will always be just as bad but coloured in purple. Really annoying to catch. Oh no, you want annoying to catch dittos. Dittos are annoying to catch. I don't think I do, Laura. No, you don't you don't <laughs> no, you don't want to go after an annoying ditto. Well, I, d- I don't want annoying to catch. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, are they I'm imagining they're sort of one of the really rare ones, aren't they? I, I yeah, the, thought I'd have bumped really... into one one by now. Uh, so I, there's there's a specific location where you're going to bump into them and you've not reached it yet. Um, they leap very dramatically side to side, which makes it very hard to throw at them, and they love to run away. And this is making it very hard for me to get my, my squishy blue shiny ditto that I desperately crave. How did... Well, I've only caught one, but that'll do me. How does the um, ditto Pokemon Master work? I don't know. I have a ditto, but I'm waiting till I get my shiny ditto, and I'm genuinely curious. Will their ditto have more than one move? Like, I'll tell you how it works. You to make sure you go into the battle with zero PP. Yeah. Is it going to be a case of, like, yeah, you both use transform until you run out, you both do struggle, who survives from struggle? 
I guess so, I hope yeah. that's not what they do. I hope they found some interesting way to do it, but I'm not there yet because I want to beat them with a shiny one because because I hate myself. <laughs> so, does, do we think the game achieved what it set out to do? It's an accessible Gen 1 remake that like has undeniably brought Pokemon Go players over to like consoles and playing main RPG entries. I think it's achieved what it set out to do. Like just anecdotally, yeah. I, I I know a lot of people in my local Pokemon Go raiding group who went and bought a Switch for this and who don't really buy gaming systems because they were like, "Oh, okay, it does some of the stuff I I like in 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 Go, but I can do it on the telly. Sure, why not?" I think for Nintendo, it completely did what they wanted it to do. I don't think anyone who's actually playing it seems to be disliking it, from what I've encountered. Yeah. There's a lot of people who were complaining about, like, mm, it's, cas- it's casual. And, like, everyone I've seen who's actually played it has been like, yeah, this was just a really charming, nice time. No, I've, um, as as someone who was sort of didn't play Pokemon Go and was really sceptical about it, so I guess that's the other end of the audience. And I didn't even really play Red and Blue when they came back out on the virtual console. I'm not a big retro nostalgia person. And these have really worked for me because they're you know, catching the system maybe aside because they're just really cute and they bring all my f- favourite Pokemon from Red, Blue and Yellow anyway. Uh, to life in a really charming way. And I think it's definitely achieved that goal. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. I really enjoyed it. And, uh, oh, do we know yet? Is Pokemon Bank going to be connected to it? They've still not said anything about Pokemon Bank. So they still haven't quite connected Pokemon Go to the main series. They're they're almost there. They're almost there. If, If that little step was introduced, then that would make me I, much more inclined to play a lot I of Pokemon think, Go. I think when Gen 8 comes, that's when we're going to hear talk about Pokemon Bank for both Gen 8 and Let's Go. I think, I think that'll I'm be sure it's inevitable, but yeah. They'll have to let Gen 8 players get their metal monstrosity somehow. You, you say that, but like, I'd honestly be okay if they forced everyone to start again from the beginning, because... For once, I feel like I'm relatively on top of it, so I'm like, just just make everyone start over. Yeah, no, no, I really liked uh, Generation 5, Black and White, because it basically did exactly that. Here's 150 completely new Pokemon, you're just using those, go nuts. I think they could do that, but in terms of Pokemon Bank, they literally said, this will guarantee your Pokemon are safe forever. Oh, they're safe, you just can't, so they can't. You, know, you can't bring them into anything. <laughs> you can't bring them out. safe in your old game forever. Yeah, I guess they're safe in the sense that money which is in the bank I'm not allowed to access is safe. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah. You get that's to go to bed, Luke. I've just I've just downed two coffees. I can't go to bed now. <laughs> we'll just stay up all night and play Smash Brothers. It'll be fine. But is there anything you want to plug, Laura? Uh, th- things to plug. I do a bunch of things on the internet. Um... I have two books coming out in 2019. One is like a serious memoir, probably not like the place to pitch it here. I've got a book about video game character butts uh, called Things I Learned from Mario's Butt that is like an illustrated coffee table book of butt reviews. That's a real book that's happening and has like some pretty big names attached. 
otherwise, I, I'm on a video game co- a podcast called Podquisition, and I do a D&D podcast called Dice Funk, so maybe check those things out if you're so inclined. Uh, John, do you have anything you want to plug particularly? Not particularly. I've got a blog, balladsandwords.wordpress.com, uh, because it tends to be where I put up my um, silly little music things and also my silly little fiction things, so hence ballads and words. And um, other than that, um, there's a video game forum called the Gname of Forum where you can come and discuss video games with me and Luke. Uh, I happen to be an admin of that. Come check it out if you want to discuss video games. And if you're tuning in for the first time because Laura was here, then uh, welcome. The podcast is not normally like this at all. It's normally just me taking one family of Pokemon and chatting about them on my own. Because I'm a cool dude. But other than that, I love Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. And remember, I love you too. Bye.